Here we are now with episode three of Learning to Breathe. My name is Dosta, and we continue our series today with things I'd like to talk about, which are to do with breathing and breathing techniques. And more specifically, today's topic is body synchronization. And we'll also talk a little bit about sports. So in a nutshell, a breathing technique that involves body synchronization is quite simply a body movement. For example, when you breathe in, you raise your arms up. And when you breathe out, you let your arms go back down. Now, there are a whole bunch of things that can happen when you do this. And there are so many things that open up. And you really, more broadly, you have to be sensitive to subtle coordination. That's really what body synchronization and breath synchronization does for you. How you coordinate your body, how you move your body, the subtleties in how it feels to move them. That's what all this is about. That's what these exercises do. And you have to be aware enough to be feeling that this is a good thing. You have to be at a certain point in your meditation practice or in your awareness development, as we might say, to see and get the sense that these detailed movements are going to be changing things for you and making things more rich. It's going to make you feel different in your body. And it's going to make you move differently if you do enough of these. So when you're breathing in and out and you're synchronizing, you're using this movement, this simple movement of moving your arms up and your arms down, there's a whole range of variables that you can experiment with. For one thing, you can say, well, which comes first, the breath or the arms? And just finding that difference is enough to make you more sensitive to what it's like to be in your body. So f first off, what you do is you're mo you move your arms very slowly and subtly and in a very small way, so it's a small movement, but you let the arms follow the breath. So your breath doesn't change. You don't change anything with your breathing. It's the same pace. It's completely normal. And your arms just follow. Your arms are the follower of the breath. Now, on another level or from another point of view or another thing you can try, you do it the other way around where you have your breath follow your arms. Now, how big the movement is and how fast the movement is, is going to affect how your breathing keeps up with it. And the best exercise, or the way I would suggest you try this exercise, is you actually transition through the two, and you do it gradually. Because whenever you change your breathing suddenly, what happens is you keep it up for a while, and then you have to catch your breath. There's, a, there's an overcorrection, or you're out of breath. This sort of thing. So to... First up, listen to your breathing and then place your arms in sync with it at the same rhythm, moving very small. It could be just as small as, you know, a little bit with your hands, very gently, 
and then you can slowly move the arms a bit wider, a bit deeper. You can even turn this into a whole body movement where you're opening up your body, you're standing up taller and taller, you're raising your arms, and then you're pushing down and then you're curling up right into a ball. So this this curling up into the, the, the fetal position, rolling up and, and closing everything, and then opening it up larger and larger and larger until you're standing in sort of like the triumphant aha posture. You know the one. Going between those, well, first of all, that's such a large movement that you're going to have to have your breathing slowed to a certain place to able to keep that in synchronization with your breath. And so to slow it down, you can use the body. So in the introduction to this series, we were talking about four-part breathing, and we're working on how to slow the breath, body synchronization, and this simple movement of having the arms go up and down for each breath is a great way to do that. And the way we talk about it here, it's, it's just... This is sort of an instructional way of talking about it. You need to do your own experiments and find the experiential difference. Even just finding the difference between using the arms to move the breath as opposed to using the breath to move the arms, that's something that you need to find for yourself. And also the pace in which you increase or slow your breathing. Now, this exercise can be done, can be used to increase your breathing pace as well. And the effect there is that, well, the difference there is that slower breathing makes you more relaxed and faster breathing makes you more energized. Crudely speaking, there's a whole range of, within those two differences, there's a whole range of different descriptions. And we can say that slow breathing is bliss and fast breathing is ecstasy. And slow breathing, uh, there's really too much to say, so I don't want to overload it. But this, 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 these two things of slowing the breathing and, and speeding up the breathing, they're, they're basically just relaxation and being energized. So if you're, if you're tired and you're not really feeling up for something, or there's something you need to get yourself into, you need to get psyched up for it. So psyching yourself up or, uh, you know, giving yourself a prep talk or just, you know, saying, oh, come on, let's get into it. When you're doing that sort of thing, like you're about to go out on stage for a performance or you're about to do a, a, a sports game or you're about to do any sort of performance really, then speeding up your breathing is is what you want to do. Now, if you're nervous for your performance, then your breathing already is fast and you want to slow it. You want to relax it. But if you're in apathy and you're in boredom, then you want to speed it up. You want to be ready for it. When boxers come out onto the, onto the, into the ring, they've already got a sweat. It's the, the boxer that's got a sweat, that's had the punch, that has, has worked all these nerves. And he's not nervous in that he's breathing fast because he's he's worked through that and he might still be breathing fast. He might have a bit of a, a puff to him, but he's well beyond the the nervous the the initial nervousness. 
that comes with going out into the boxing ring. So any body part can be synchronized as a movement with your breathing. So that gives you a lot of different options. You can do things like head nodding. You can do squatting. You can do swaying from side to side. You can do leg raises. You can do ankle rolls. You can do elbow twists. You can do all sorts of things. Any, any body part that you can think of can be used as a body synchronization with the breath. And they all have a different effect. They help to, well, first of all, if there's a specific body part you want to work with, say you've got a, a certain amount of tension in a certain body part, say in your ankle or your foot, then instead of just doing your ankle rolls, you can synchronize your breathing with it and that will make the ankle roll more effective. That will release more tension from it. And it will also help to coordinate because the, the, the respiratory system is so central to the body. It's right in the lungs. It's the lungs, the heart, and it goes into the blood. So it really goes through everything. When we do these exercises, or we do these techniques with the body, they, there's this tendency for them to be isolating. And I'm just working on my ankle. It's only my ankle. Now, when you synchronize your breathing with a certain specific body part exercise, you're not only getting the benefits of that exercise, but you're also bringing it into a larger coordination with the rest of your body and the experience of what it's like to be in your body. You only have one body. Your body is one. These distinctions, these lines that we make between ankles and lungs and neck or whatever, they're quite arbitrary, really. We just do that to, as a way of building up the complexity. So breathing with any body movement part is a definite plus. It's a definite recommendation. And there's a whole range of things you can experiment with there. Now, I'll just focus a little bit more on one of the more common ones, which is the shoulder raises. Now, if you have these slight, you raise your shoulders when you breathe in and you lower your shoulders when you breathe out, that's one that can do a lot of wonders for you because that opens up your neck, your shoulder blades, your back, your chest, your armpits, your shoulders themselves, and your arms. Because the shoulders and the collarbones are resting on your lungs, you, you can see in there that the, the expansion of the lungs with the raising of the shoulders and then the contracting of the lungs puts you into this subtle rhythm. And you have to do quite a few, do at least 10 rounds of this. You want to be breathing in and out at least 10 times when you try each of these. So I'm going to do 10 shoulder raises. I'm going to do 10 breaths in and out. That's what you should be saying to you. And say, well, that's one set. And then create a, a couple of different sets. So an, an, an experimentation might be, okay, I'm going to do a, a set of 10 head nods. So I'm going to nod my head when I'm breathing in and out. And then a set of 10 head, uh, shoulder raises. 
10 breaths in and out. And then I'm going to do maybe pelvic thrusts. Now, that's one that's great for opening up your sexuality. If you're doing pelvic thrusts and you're synchronizing your breathing with that, then that can really get the blood flowing around your hip raises, around your hip area. But these this shoulder raise exercise is is a really deep one. If you can only do one, do this one because it's so much connected to the lungs and how they sit. And also it's subtle enough and close enough to show you this difference between breathing and breathing as an intention with a with a clench or with a muscle use and breathing naturally. So if you do a few rounds where you breathe without doing the shoulder raises and then you do a few with it, then that will change how you see the use of your muscles. And it's not it's not easy to put this into words, the effect, because it's it's a feeling and it's an experience. To to say how you use your muscles is something you need to learn and be more aware of is is tricky. It's tricky to I feel like it's tricky to get someone on board with that. But these muscles in the shoulders and the tensions in the neck, it can open up so much tension in your neck. Really, it's just a matter of how you're using your muscles. And this exercise will give you a great way of practicing and learning that. Now, another body synchronization, which is a little bit more subtle, is the eyes. So you can breathe in, you close your eyes, and then you breathe out and you open your eyes. And of course, you want to do at least 10 of these and do a couple of sets. This one is more like a subtle meditation. And this gives you this growing sensation of what it's like to be in your thoughts and what it's like to be immediate with your sensory perceptions. Because what will happen is if you... Uh, doing this as you're breathing in and breathing out, opening your eyes, closing your eyes. After some time, when you've learnt it enough to be able to do it automatically and you've got a hang of it, you'll start to think things. And then you'll be thinking about things when your eyes are open and you won't be paying any attention to what's happening in front of your eyes, what's in this immediate surrounds. And you'll just be thinking. Or the other thing will happen, which is that you're only concerned with your surrounds. You're only looking at what's happening. And you're not paying any attention to your thoughts, to what's happening inside you. And when you close your eyes, you'll be only concentrating on what's happening outside. So I'm always talking about the inner world and the outer world, the subjective experience and the empirical or objective reality, this, this, these two terms, these two broad categories that we are always talking about in meditation and in transformative practice, this exercise gets you in touch with it. It actually opens it up and makes it clear as day for you what that means. 
what's happening behind the eyes and what's happening outside the surface of your skin. So breathe in, eyes closed. Breathe out, eyes open. And you can even combine this if you're really adventurous and you're experimental. If you're an experimental meditation practitioner, as I am, then you can try some other synchronizations as well, like swaying. If you're swaying forwards and backwards and you're opening and closing your eyes and you're synchronizing this with your breathing and you're doing your four-part four part breathing, so your breathing's getting slower and slower, then what happens is you go into this really subtle dance. You go into this, this swaying mood and the, the body starts to open up to a harmony so you know how all these these new age uh, self-help gurus and spiritual teachers, they're talking about harmony? We need harmony. Well, in music, harmony is when you have multiple notes in a melody or in a sequence of any sort, which are all playing together at once. And you can have a rhythmic harmony where you have multiple rhythms and they're related to each other. So this coordination, really the, the secret to harmony in your body is coordination. And one of the most effective ways to develop your coordination is to synchronize movements with your breath. Now there is another section to this, or there's, an, there's a step beyond synchronizing with the body. And the step beyond is, even though there's so much in that world, the step beyond, or, or, or a, let's not say beyond because it makes it sound like it's better. It's not better or worse. It's just a, a different way of looking at body synchronization. And that is to synchronize with something outside your body. So, for example, you might be at the beach and you breathe for each wave that comes in. You breathe each time it goes in or out. Now, depending on the tide and how fast your breathing is, that might be a bit difficult. Maybe you can't breathe that slow. But that's just one example of being in nature. And if you go and you walk around nature, and you walk through the bush, and you're out of the city, you're out of your where you, where you normally are. I assume most people live in some sort of civilization these days. Then you can find all sorts of things like when the sun comes out from behind the cloud, then you stop and you breathe. Or when a big gust of wind comes, then you stop and you take a big breath. Now that would be like synchronizing yourself with nature and with your breathing, but not as an exercise where you sit down cross-legged on your meditation mat and you say, okay, I'm going to synchronize something. But it's more general, like throughout your day, if you're taking a bushwalk and each time the sun comes out, then you do it, then it's just a few times each day. And that can put you more in touch with the connection you have with nature and with your body. And there are all sorts of sounds that you can use and all sorts of rhythms in nature that you can use to synchronize your breathing and to synchronize your body movements. So that's another thing you can experiment with when you're going on your bushwalk. 
Now, I'll also mention yoga because yoga is, well, it's such a large topic in and of itself that we could really spend all day talking about it. But basically, in yoga, there's a range of breathing techniques and body synchronizations that occur depending on which method and which movement and what effect you're after and what you're using. So yoga, your yoga instructor should be saying something about your breathing pattern and each position or each yoga posture or movement should have its own breathing instructions. Now, when we were talking about the shoulder raises and the shoulder drops and the expanding and contracting of the lungs, generally speaking, in yoga, each position has an expansion and a contraction of the the torso, of the, the chest and your body. So breathing in when you're body is expanding and breathing out when it's contracting is basically the rule of thumb of how you should be breathing when you're doing your yoga positions. And make sure you get that right, because if you get it wrong, you're going to be breathing out when you're expanding and you won't be able to get your full stretch in. You won't be able to have the effect. It won't be making its impression on you. So you won't be actually getting into and getting the point of the yoga movements. And of course, there are so many different variations to this. It's hard to really pinpoint it down. But just if you use as a rule of thumb in your yoga that the expanding is breathing in and the contracting is breathing out, then that's a good place to start. And maybe... If you're doing a yoga practice and it's stagnated, then go back to the breathing patterns and really iron out if you're clear on the breathing for every position that you're doing and every place that you're, every movement that you're doing. So that's a great skewer for saying, okay, I'm doing, I'm going to do yoga this week, but my focus for my yoga is my breathing and you and and you could it could be something another week you might say okay my yoga for this week i'm really going to focus on the balance i'm going to really test my balance and do all the movements that are really hard for the balance or another week you might do okay i'm going to do my yoga and i'm going to work on my stretching i'm really going to push my stretching and become really flexible focus of the week is flexibility and i'm going to stretch 110% so breathing is just one of those, but it's a great way to open up your yoga. Now, as with yoga and breathing, the same applies to sports exercise and weightlifting. Now, the best trick I've found for lifting weights is to breathe out when you lift. Now, we all have this thing of how to, how to get more out of our weightlifting, how to pump heavier iron, how to lift more. And if you're 
trying to have a peak and you've got a, a set structure to your workout where you're doing so many reps and so many weights and this sort of thing, then you can add breathing as a dimension to really push yourself to the next level. And try this. Try when you are lifting to breathe out because when you are using your muscles, they need the oxygen. The oxygen needs to be in there. So when you're breathing out, you're actually training your muscles, you're depriving your muscles of of oxygen to make them stronger and working better without so much of the oxygen. And this means that when you do go to put the oxygen in there, you can you can and then you do breathe in, then you do get that extra lift and you can use that to gradually incrementally increase your weight and increase your muscle size and increase your ability. Now with body synchronization and weightlifting, there's a whole there's there's as much in that as there is in yoga or in any body movement. When you're doing your dumbbells or your your arm curls, you can try breathing in and breathing out for every rep. Now another way to do it is to actually not have it at the same speed, but to be breathing at a slower speed. Now, synchronizing the breath with the body doesn't necessarily mean, especially in the case of working out in the gym, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always in and out and that direct correlation. You can still coordinate it by saying that breathing is at a certain pace or tempo or speed and your workout, your lifting is at another. So an extreme example of this would be that you are using say you're using really light weights and you're moving them really fast you're 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 lifting them up and down really quickly but you're breathing very slowly now that would be an example on one end of the the spectrum and then the of course the other end of this spectrum is that you're doing a very slow weight and it might be only a medium lift i wouldn't recommend doing a full heavy lift with this idea but it would be fast breathing and you're really pushing your breathing. You're really focusing on your breathing. So that's just an idea. These are just ideas of the range of things you can experiment with. Now, here's the thing. This is the rule of thumb for weightlifting. This is the, the grand key trick for breathing awareness and exercise. And it is the roundness of the breath. Now, in our first episode, when we were talking about four-part breathing, we talked about the difference between the hold and the let go. The, the, The holding of the breath and the breathing out, the holding of the breath and the breathing in. That gap has a has a hit if it's a if it's a sharp, sudden difference. And what we want to do is smoothen that out. Now, what most weightlifters do when they're lifting is they hold their breath. When they're really struggling, they hold their breath and then they go, and they let out a scream. So these people who let out these moans and these screams, they haven't got a round breathing. So if you can, so, so round breathing means that you, you breathe in and then you stop. And then as you breathe out, it's a gradual, slow breath. 
you slowly start to breathe out more and more and more and more. And then as you're breathing out, you breathe out less and less and less, and then you stop. And then as you breathe in again, you slowly start to breathe in again. Now, if you haven't practiced your four-part breathing, and you haven't become aware of this difference, and you haven't built up the exercise so that you can do it, there's no point trying it in your workout. It's going to be too much. Think of this as you need to be able to coordinate your breathing and you need to have, you need to put the parts together. You're creating a dance and you have to rehearse the individual parts. So practice your four-part breathing and really have a good sense of what it means to have round, smooth breathing. And then when you're doing your reps and you come to your climax or your, your fail lift, your heaviest lift, remember that you need to be always keeping that round breathing, that smooth breathing. And this will work wonders for your coordination. This will work wonders for your form. It'll help you stay more grounded. It'll be more relaxed. There'll be more relaxation for you. So if you're doing a workout and breathing is not something that you're conscious of, then you need to add that as a dynamic. The other thing I'll quickly mention is sports. Now, the majority of sports involve some sort of running and sport really is the mastery of the body. It's performance through the body. So you have to have some sort of breathing awareness and breathing exercises if you're doing sports. Now, most sports have running. Like It's hard for me to cover all sports because there's such a wide range of them. But if we just say running and breathing, that's something to work on right there. Because when you run, there is a rhythm to your breathing. Have you noticed this? There's a puff. There's an initial hit for when you run, when you start running, when you sprint, and then it evens out. Now, it depends on if you're doing a sprint or a long, long run. So there's a, there's a wide range to experiment with. But experiment also with body synchronization because when you're running, you have these footsteps, these jolts, this body shake, which goes through all of your body and you're doing a little bit of a dance and how your breathing and your lungs deal with that is something you can be conscious of. It's something that you can work with and you can experiment with and you can change. Now, it's not going to be that you're breathing in and out every step or even each number of steps, but it's just something to work with and be aware of. Maybe you can experiment with saying, okay, every 10th breath, every 10th step, I'm going to breathe in and out. I am going to do four-part breathing while running, and I'm going to use my footsteps as a count, or maybe every fourth footstep as a count. Every second right foot that I step down is going to be a count for my four-part breathing, and I'm going to do four seconds on breathing in, breathing out, and holding and each section of the four-part breathing. If you can do that, there's, there's a whole range of things that can open up your coordination. There's such a large variety of things to experiment with. 
And you'll always have to contend with this thing of I'm putting an idea onto my running. I'm putting a technique onto my running because some of the techniques, some of the counts, they won't exactly fit. And some of the the fits will change the running. It'll change your rhythm. And so this game of what affects what and what doesn't work and what leads to what and how am I going to be able to make this work or does it work or does it not work or am I not just doing it properly or am I making it work and it is having a dramatic effect, that's the game of coordination. That's the game of trying to... It's like juggling. If you think of a a, a circus man juggling, he's got lots of balls. He's trying to add an extra ball. Now, that's the trick of juggling, isn't it? Like, what do you do when you've got... When you can juggle three balls? Well, you learn to juggle four balls. balls. And what can you do when you do four? Well, then you juggle five. And when you can do five, well, you're actually learning to do some tricks with the three and the four. And when you can juggle six balls, then you're really going to have some good tricks with the four and the five balls. He's not going to have just one pattern of juggling. He's going to have a couple and he can do twists and turns. So think of this coordination as like a dancing juggling act. And that's a lot. There's a lot in that. Sports, yoga, body synchronization and the breath is... And and even we mentioned nature and what it means to be in nature. So there's a lot there. And and I would suggest just pick one of these and try them in sets of 10 and do just a few sets. So sometimes I wonder if these episodes are a bit too dense. I mean, this is why we're doing a series. It's because it's too much to put on all at once. And And also just remember that we've mentioned a couple of times here the importance of four-part breathing so if that's where you're at just do four-part breathing that's really the foundation for so many of these okay that's enough for this chapter and thanks very much for listening we'll be back soon and that's all i have to say for now